This episode of Discussing Documentaries with Rick Wharton and myself, Matt Wills. Today we are looking at Turning Point 9 11 and the War on Terror. Episode 1 The System Was Blinking Red. It's from the year 2021. The provider is Netflix. The director was Brian Nappenberger. What a great name! And the money, the accolades, it's all too soon. It's a docu-series. It's just come out. And it's about the terrorist terrorist attacks on 9-11, which we are currently, if you're in the future, in the past, if you're not listening to it today, it's now the 20th anniversary. And the blurb is, this unflinching series documents the 9-11 terrorist attacks from Al-Qaeda's roots in the 1980s to America's forceful response both at home and abroad. Rick, I can see the comedy value on this one being very low, my friend. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to get some fun comments on YouTube again. <laughs> but, um, God, you have to be down a conspiracy rabbit hole to find us. I'll fucking tell you that. It's only, it's only the weird ones anyone ever finds out. I've looked on YouTube. I can't find us. That's a challenge for our <laughs> listeners to find us on fucking YouTube. We just get, we get an email from Gmail saying fucking... You got a YouTube comment, and uh, it's really positive. Really, really positive. Well, we got contacted by a friend of a gangster who said, loved our work. And then we got contacted by an incel who said, I do not like your work. So um, it's balanced out. Have we brought up the incel comment yet? No. Yeah, we we got a comment about uh, the Secret Life of Incels episode on YouTube. And someone's like, as an incel, I'm I'm completely offended. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine next week you'll be laughing about cancer patients. And and me and Rick, because we didn't have an argument, but we did have a discussion about what we're going to do with that comment. And yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a genuine chat and we're just going to record it and we're going to release that on our Patreon, which is just as hard to find as our discussing documentaries on YouTube. So it's in the show notes. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash discussing documentaries. And that's where our Patreon is. And to answer one person's query who said to me, what the fucking hell is a Patreon? Um, It's basically you support our work by giving us a, a donation which is very handy and it's regular. So basically it, it helps pay for the podcast. You really have got that problem with the car, haven't you, Matt? Jesus, yeah. I've never <laughs> shifted like Bishop and aliens into your corporate speak there. The, the company has told you <laughs> you've got a new directive. <laughs> have some fucking perspective. We just watched planes got into a tower for an hour. Jesus, where have you going? All and right. if you could give us five pounds a month to listen to the jinx episodes. Well, well, yeah, you can listen to me and Rick have an argument, is what I'm saying. Um, so, I think the best place to start on this one is, uh, where were you, Matt? September 11th, or 1? Oh, good. Yeah, great question. Um, working airport security, Dallas Airport? <laughs> no, but we were we were working the banks, and a lot of the banks have offices in London and New York. And one of my best mates was out in out in New York. Um Shit. Um, and it was coming up to our mate Big Tony's wedding, and um, I was on a I was on a Prince Two course in Sheffield. What's a Prince Two? Uh, oh, that's a, something upsetting that you don't even need to tell me about. It's a project management methodology. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just someone with a whiteboard and the sleeves rolled up, going shout louder, <laughs> <laughs> shout louder? You've done it as well, right? Okay. Um, no, I was on that, and then we came out for a coffee break. Was it a Tuesday? Did it happen on a Tuesday? Maybe. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, I think so. That was in the documentary. Right, okay. I, I, put, I did put the day down, but not, not the day. And yeah, basically, we came out on a lunchtime break for a cup of coffee, and yeah, we were like, fucking hell, it's a weird film to put on, isn't it? Mm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it looked like a movie. Yeah, and they're like, no, this is happening. And you're like, what? This is live. You're like, oh, right. I went, anyway, we're back in, and we carried on with the course, and when I came out, I was like, Fuck, hang on, is that real? Hang on, that's where my mate lives. And he lived literally down the road. And uh, 
when the towers came down, the dust wall came towards him and he, he cowered under a table with his mate and they cried their eyes out. They thought they were going to die. He's, um, he still suffers. He's got PTSD from it. It's brutal. Yeah, I'm not yeah. surprised, Luke. Yeah, he's the loveliest fella. He's one of the nicest blokes I've ever met in my life. So, um, yeah, it was it was tough. And he's strong, like mentally incredibly strong. But, yeah, that um, yeah that broke him. And he was stuck there for a long time. He had to help get the um, other New York office up and running. And, yeah, we went and picked oh, up I, his I, wife. Oh, sorry, and... I thought you meant under the table. Oh, right, no. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd find them funny, lovely. That, that's why you're here. Rick. I was, I was picturing how long would it be before I turned the Xbox on? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, right, it's not. We've got the windows closed. No, he was pe- fucking petrified. Yeah, we had to pick his missus up. We, she came to the wedding with us. The wedding still went ahead, but yeah, he didn't make it to uh, the wedding. But he did eventually come back home, and uh, yeah, huh? that's right. I'm seeing him. We're, we're playing a venue by his house. I'm going to go and stay at his house soon. Oh, which one? Uh, one off comedy. It'd be a great. It'd be a great. I, night. I, I'm aware. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I'm aware of which gig you'd be doing. Yes. All oh, right. So, um, cool. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Just, I drove past there the other day and talked to him before the gig, not after. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I passed. I passed his house the other day. I was like, "Fuck it out!" I ran in, give him and his missus a kiss, and ran away again. Anyway, that's where I was. Where were you? There's Matt with the new Kent variant right there. That's fucking wonderful during a pandemic. Just going to come in and lick your pets and then... (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I was in Sheffield, um, away from home, and my missus was terrified on her own. Uh, I was... I would have been year seven, first year comprehensive school. Okay, give me an age on that, because I don't understand. This is what Ozzy Sarah was saying. I don't understand ages. I don't understand years. Right, okay. Right, so you're 12 so years old. Yeah, right. 12, th- yeah, 12 hitting 13 mebbies. Uh, fir- yeah, so first year comp school. Came home, and we're, I remember we were going down Riverside to play football, and my dad's watching the news, and as I came in, my dad was getting up and going, we were living in a two-bed flat at the time, my dad coming to the kitchen, another one's bleed hit, another one. <laughs> and then I looked at it, didn't think much of it, and then we'd already ha- had like theories that... I think someone said the Romanians were behind it <laughs> or something. Do you, know, right. do, do you know when just a kid hears a thing and then goes, ah, it's them. Ask yeah, me, yeah. Dad. Yeah, yeah. Brummies. Brummies did it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that, And then, obviously, the fallout ensued, and I think they did an assembly about it the next day or something like that. But Oh, wow. Oh, so it was a discussion point in your school? Yeah, most people were talking about 9-11 on September 12th. Yeah, fair enough. There was, I did see a comedian, um, I, f- I think it was about two months later, he's a guy, his name's David Cross, he's an American guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, he's, oh, he's fucking awesome, right? Scary movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arrested Development. Arrested Development, yeah. He's in my favourite movie ever, which is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Is he? Yeah, he plays He plays his sister's husband. Yeah. It's, right. Yeah, anyway, he... Um, There's a man who has some memories he wants to forget. <laughs> Amazing movie. What I wouldn't give to be able to delete that shit, yeah. <laughs> he did this great bit about September of the Elephant. He goes, look, I was living in New York at the time. And he goes, I knew we would recover as a nation because five days later, I was walking in Central Park and a guy uh, hanging off a trash truck drove past a woman jogger, jogger and went, yeah, baby, nice tits. <laughs> and he goes, and I knew, as depressed as we all were, we were, you know, we were going to come out of this. All right. I don't know if this will make the cut, but we had, obviously, the 7-7 in London. And a few years back, about five years ago, and I'll never forget, it was August 31st, last day in August, we got a call from a mate who's not, hyperbolic would be the best way. He, d- he wouldn't exactly, he goes, right, listen, i got a mate who works in the police force, they're right. on a red terrorist, and they say something is going to happen in central London tomorrow, right? So, like, ringing round, don't go in. Me and our last discussed it, she had a big, something big on that day, she had to go in. So it was a very serious chat. September 1st, I wake up, she's gone to work, I remember turning on the TV, and I still checked to see if Newcastle had signed someone on deadline. 
before checking the news. And I went, oh shit, yeah, the terrorist thing. Have we got any loans in? <laughs> but yeah, it was, a t- you know, it was... The weird thing is, uh, September the 11th, I was I was sort of into the news a fair bit. But that really forced me into it. I was really... I. I, I went in boots and all, you know, fully behind Michael Moore, the whole... I mean, I didn't do any of the, the marches or anything because I just think the march is ridiculous. As ridiculous right. as, a, you know, Band-Aid. I always thought that was a little bit unfair as well. As great as all the money it raised. But if it was a bike ride, because I like bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're talking my language. I always just think the marches don't really accomplish anything. So are you referring to marches um, protesting the Iraq war? Yeah. Right, yeah. It was like, I think it's the biggest march that's ever happened in the United Kingdom. And nothing changed. God, the Romans must be livid they're getting that kind of shade thrown at them. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I was well in, I was got well into it, man. I got very politicized from it. Um, and when I watched Charlie Wilson's war, which they sort of, they allude to that in this, but this is so what this is, this is a six part series and we're only going to talk about episode one and see. And we'll let you know, listeners, if uh, you want to carry on and watch the rest of it, if you know, if our word is anything to go by. And Rick, because Rick is a bloody goddamn hero, he doesn't just sort us out at gigs when the chairs are fucked. He Will you stop going on watched, about the yeah, fucking yeah. chairs? I find this. Like, oh, is that Rick's war? You fucking is done it, a solid, it, man. Yeah. Honest. Oh, right, okay, when, let's let's put some when, context into that. I, I had to clean some chairs because we didn't have enough chairs before a gig and I had to get some out of someone's garden and clean them down before the gig. I'm being treated like I deserve a purple fucking heart for bringing people down from the World Trade Center <laughs> for putting effort in. But it was an, there was an element of that because when, when you were out the van locking up, Johnny just sat there and Johnny went, Fucking Rick was solid tonight, wasn't he? And I went, yeah, he was really funny he on stage. He was talking and, about this set. <laughs> and, he, and I went, yeah, he was really funny. And he went, yeah, but what about with the chairs? And I went, he did do us a solid on the chairs, man. Because that, that's the shit that stresses you out. Anyway, why did I bring that up? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Rick... 9-11 equivalent of washing chairs. Because Rick's a goddamn hero. Rick spent the time over the weekend... Instead of hanging out with me and Johnny, his colleagues and friends, um, he watched the document. He watched the other five parts of the documentary. No, I watched it before. Oh, did you? I had a oh. late train down, and uh, yeah, I just oh, spanned right. so, through. So he had one more. He had one more bit of time with his missus, and he decided to watch a documentary well, for you, dear listeners. Day. Yeah. What I'm saying is sign up to the Patreon. Rick's a I hero. Have to, basically, we're, we're doing a Patreon so Matt can continue doing this. Or otherwise, you just get my phone number and I'll talk to you about whatever documentary I've just fucking watched. Constantly. Right. You have to line up. You get Rick for 10 minutes a day. He's like a sex chat line. Oh, which takeaway which takeaway drivers fucking insulted me at the door <laughs> that week. That's what you get. You get a story of me being heckled in public and which documentary I've just watched. That is friendship with me in a microcosm. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. Have I told that one on, on the podcast before? What, the uh, the subway lady? Yeah, so we so we, we get like once a week. Kid, you'll get a set of box from Subway. I'll get a six inch and some biscuits. Woman comes to the door for the third time. and in, in London, it's never the same person. But we've had the same woman drive from Subway to bring us a sandwich, and I'm coming out there in my pajamas. She just looks at us and went, "You're going to become one of these, you!" And turns around <laughs> in disgust before I could even answer. One star rating. Take that, woman. And the reason we're only watching one episode is because the Cecil Hotel just really left its mark. It, it destroyed us as a as a professional couple. I don't think we've ever got over the Cecil Hotel. The way I see it is. Six weeks, that is in regular time for listeners. So if you if you guys really enjoy us talking about this, which we're not politically or, or, or historically savvy enough to really do it justice um, no. for six whole weeks, then make an effort to reach out and we'll probably do it because we're eager to please anyone who's willing to listen to this. But to just force people, like on episode five when we're going, well, should we have fought the Soviets in Afghanistan? We don't really need to get into because... Yeah. I got no frames of references about that shit. No, I yeah. I mean, and whatever we say, you're going to galvanise one set of people, right? Because some people are pro, some people are... Pro-Soviet movement in Afghanistan. Yeah, some some people are keen on that shit, right? And and some people ain't. 
that was you'll always find your 50 percent of people who support an insane idea always that's why we're so split as nations anyway speaking of hotels uh what i didn't know when they brought it up and here's how i started linking it to me which is it's so narcissistic and i can't believe i was doing this the ground floor i didn't know this was a marriott hotel i didn't know that yeah so that was my first ever employer and i thought imagine if i would have stuck with that i could have been in there i know that, you wouldn't have left not if, the, not, if, not if the boss hadn't told you to leave no last man standing Although not for long. So it, here's the thing. All right. So we will actually get into into the doc of it. So it, it, the episode one is primarily the day of 9-11. Yes. And I think for, from the off, I think it's very well put together. I, I so like the I. timeline to it. Yes. The talking heads. So you got Desiree Bucharest. Is that her name? Yeah. Desiree, who works on like the... South Tower, high yeah. up in the South Tower. Yeah, yeah. She's talking about the day. And then you start to... Then for me, I think the most chilling part is the, it's the FAA, types. the flight control yeah. tower. And you have yeah. the discussion between the flight control and either the planes or between themselves like, oh, by the way, this one that's taken off here isn't responding. Yeah. That was... um. You're always fascinated with... Because I know you really like the footage and how they got the footage. And I think the footage works really well, especially on this, because we all know what happened because it's such an it was a world event. Right. And you can't see anything all you can hear. So therefore, your brain clicks in and you pay more attention because all you can hear is the voices and you can hear the tension in their voices. You can hear the fear in their voices, but you can also hear the the disbelief. They're like, what? What did you Sorry. Can you can you repeat that? Yeah, we've got a plane. It's gone missing. Oh, and we've just had a call from a, a, a sky phone on the plane and they're saying they've been taken over by terrorists and some people have been stabbed. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that, please? Yeah. There are, it, I've made a comment. I made a note of that. They are Maybe it's gallowly humorous to me, but there is something that is funny. It's like, uh, is this control? Yeah, okay. We have a hijacked uh, 747 heading towards uh, New York. Uh, yeah, do you want to come again? Yeah, it's a hijacking. Real world? Oh, yeah, this has really happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it was. It was that word, wasn't it? Is this real world or is this a scenario? Yeah. It's, no, this is real world. They have, like, um, they obviously run protocols. and Yes. Uh, yeah, in yeah. the military, I think it would be called war games or whatever. Or yeah. training ops for, for getting this shit ready. So the just, and if you're somehow, if you're not aware of what happened on September the 11th, uh, just very very quickly lay it out so uh some very bad people uh or are some, you fucking from, kidding me matthew some people may not know man so let's just lay are it you... out no seriously so what, what if you've got some 17 year old you might have some 17 year old listening right now he's like well what's september the 11th i don't know you that is mental are you kidding some woman said some english uh, some english girl was asked who is the Prime Minister a couple of years ago? And she went, it's that Barry Barmer, isn't it? No, some people are just not switched on. Also, Rick, you don't know where this podcast is going to end up. Say this is 200 years time and they're listening to me and you. You've got to fucking put context on it. You're not thinking oh, big man. enough is what I'm saying, Rick. Or they've you're not the, thinking... They've bought the vinyls. They've bought the vinyls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they've got the masteraudacity.aup files. <laughs> they are Will Smith and iRobot wearing Converse <laughs> shoes going, no, I love 20th century culture. Uh, is that just easier for the wardrobe department, Will, so you can wear modern day clothes in the future? No. No, it's not. Um so what happened on September the 11th, some terrorists uh, hijacked a couple of air, or quite a few airplanes, actually. They flew one of them into the World Trade Center, which was a, uh, a sky rise building. And then they flew a second one into the. So the first one was into the North Tower. The second one was into the South Tower and the towers subsequently collapsed. They also flew one into the Pentagon, which we didn't get into in this episode, but they've they left enough information of of what's going to happen. And then the first half of this documentary covers that experience from loads of different people's viewpoints. And then the second half of the documentary is about Al-Qaeda, the group responsible for committing this act so, of terror. Have I missed anything? 
Um, no, no. Did, <laughs> did you mention we breathe oxygen? But, um, <laughs> Some people don't know that either. That you're currently listening to a podcast that's the <laughs> sound wave travels like magic out of your phone Listen, while you're commuting. <laughs> if those, what about the aliens in uh, Future Armor who get hooked on Ali McBeal? They don't know the context, right? They might be listening to this. You don't know. Okay, so at least we've got a clear, defined target audience, Matt. <laughs> and you can see where my brain's going. I'm beaming to the universe, Rick. What are you doing? Rewinding and pausing to get these fucking <laughs> Taliban names correct so I feel cult- so I'm not culturally offensive. <laughs> and you're like, there were some people that yeah. I forget. Let's just talk about the fucking documentary, Matt. Jesus web. So then you have the fu- then you have the um so the hijackers on one of the planes, they believe their radio in the cockpit but what they're actually doing is talking to flight control and then you hear them saying nobody move we have a bomb and that's when you have the bit where it says is this real world or an exec or, or, or exercise and the guy's like hey okay uh, give me a second hold on and then you hear him you hear the wheels in the office turn around and he's like hey 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 <laughs> <laughs> Get over here. Get over here. Put those chairs down. Stop cleaning the fucking chairs. Get over here. <laughs> this is serious. Serious. Right, yeah. Re- yeah, big big time. Big time. Get over here. And it's just, it cuts back to uh, the people in the tower. So they think it's a bomb initially. They, yeah. they they think a bomb's gone off. And the weird thing is what the New York people are talking about when they talk about the World Trade Centers. I found this hilarious because they said, yeah, the World Trade Centers were not well liked as buildings in New York, right, when they first went up. They said, so for instance, we've got some of the most iconic buildings on the planet. We've got the Empire State Building. We've got the Chrysler Building and the boxes they came in, like referring to the the World Trade Centers, which I thought was superb. And also the World Trade Centers is in Discussing Documentaries episode where we talk. What was that one? Uh, man on a wire. So man on wire. I do yeah. have little flashes of him throughout this documentary. Go, I can hear the murmur of these planes coming towards me. You know, and it's just, <laughs> such a beautiful thing. And what was that dude called? Oh, I can't forget his name. His, but him. Yeah, yeah. I liked him. Jo- Gordon Joseph Lovett was there. Played him in the film. That's what we're calling Gordon. Yeah. So they was it um, Joseph Gordon? Either way, Mister Lovett. Hey, as long as you explained what 9-11 was, I think this <laughs> podcast is a slam dunk anyway, Matt. I'm never going to live that down with you, am I? Oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking web. You'll be having dinner with your lass tonight. You'll never guess what he fucking said. And she'll be like, hang on. Did he tell you what 9-11 was? And you'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've both, both spent too much time. <laughs> he on. looked at it from their perspective. <laughs> <laughs> they really wanted to punch a hole in the heart of capitalism. And if you think of it from an organizational point of view, they achieved that target, yeah. And then... Uh, so and the then plane hits, they begin uh, evacuating. But here's hang an on, interesting... Hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, hang on a fucking second. Sorry the plane that. hit. Did you, were you not moved by that? That fucking shocked me to my core. And I've seen that. I haven't seen it a lot, but I've seen it a few times. But still, watching it on this, it's not in slow motion. It's not in anything. You watch it fucking go in. It's brutal. It's. I think it's one of the most distressing things I've ever seen. Yeah, so watching that, and when you hear like Desiree talk or, or Locadia, who's on like the 90th floor, given their yeah. aspect, and when you hear the police officers, so an interesting thing on 911 is the police were actually doing an undercover sting on a, on a tax cheat. Yes. While as this was happening, so they had like the full team in the pizza van with the headphones on up there, and like they're yeah. listening to conversations wearing a wire, and then, yeah, then, then the plane hits. But one of the reasons I want to talk about Desiree thing, there was little things dropped in because when I went through my great unemployment stage in London of like, I think it was two years broken up with a six month job. So in between, right? I that's when I had my face dunked in conspiracy theories and it was 9-11 was the one that got me into it because that's where they have i don't I, I don't know it's one of the more interesting ones to look at and that's like the gateway conspiracy theorist thing because it's such a huge yeah. world event it's one of the ones yeah, yeah. that hooks you onto it and one of the things they'll just say in a youtube video is this like and they have uh first-hand accounts of people saying it was a bomb that blew up and it's just like oh yeah and then she even says and then my colleague jim Berger came past and went no it was a plane so every time it leans towards one of those things, like so I've heard a million and one yes. different crackpot theories, and they go, and why is there a blast in the in fires in the in, on the ground floor? And then they explain it's the jet fuel yeah. that came down, 
Um, because so they, yeah, because the um, because the elevator shafts obviously go from X level to Y level, right? So that yeah, it just goes straight down the elevator shaft, and yeah, people on the ground floor were burnt because of that. Yeah, yeah, severely, severely as jet fuel for Christ's sake, you know, just melting they said, the building. And they said the reason the buildings collapsed is because the CIA planted loads of explosive devices on columns on various different floors, and they yes. were like, no, the building done exactly what it was supposed to do that was how it was designed it was designed it would come down like that because no one ever thought oh a plane's gonna fly into this there is one thing i was gonna save that i'll save that for later actually because this this documentary is not just the hours in the morning basically uh, you'll see and unfortunately we try to do fahrenheit 911 for this episode yeah, for Ozzy Sara, who's it was Ozzy Sara's idea this was. So thanks, Sara. <laughs> thanks, Al Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and, okay, yeah, and the CIA and the American taxpayer who funded them. Thank you. Um, so, but it's you can't find it anywhere. I it is unable. I was unable to get get a hold of that anywhere. But that they showed you a scene which is kind of the trailer to Fahrenheit nine eleven because there's the famous one where George Bush is on a publicity publicity tour. And he is about to go and read a story to kids, and yeah. someone comes in and leans up to him and says, uh, uh, first tower, plane's just hit the tower." No, a second plane has hit the tower, and he's and it shows you the clock of him sitting there still reading like "Good Night Moon" to children. Yeah, yeah. There's a very famous footage, um, but they showed you that and kind of um, wiped away that theory. They they took away the comedic element to that and yeah. of uh, the Bush response to it. What I liked about this episode, I don't, I don't know what they do in the other episodes, but episode one, they barely talked about Bush. Oh, yeah, that changes. That's that's very right, much okay. in the further ones. Right. Okay, so they show right. you Bush, and then Bush went from thingy to Air Force One. Air Force One's up in the air. They've grounded all planes, but obviously I think there was the flight that went into, the two flights that went into the tower, one that went into the Pentagon, and one that was... Shot down, wasn't it? Sh- no, taken down by passengers is the oh right, okay thing. Because the conspiracy theory is they shot it down, and they right. also show the people bringing home to talk oh, yeah. to kids and say they love them and things like that. And that is something that's been leaked before. And again, if you're in the conspiracy world of it, they like they don't sound like people who are being kidnapped or or hijacked. I know they're going to die, but well, how would you know shot. what those fucking people sounded like? How would you know what? Well, that doesn't sound like someone who's hijacked. How would you know? How many hijacked people have you spoke to, you fucking idiot? Most conspiracy theorists do is they get a theory they like and then whatever thing they can attach to it just gets put on. And and the idea is it's a war of attrition. So they have like 90,000 things that's unverified. Like I said, they they brought out the whole, there's like a thing the size of the yellow pages of the report that what happened in 9-11. And no one's ever read the whole thing. It's impossibly boring of like... But they will just stay on a video that like steel doesn't melt at these temperatures, yes, and yeah, things yeah. like that. So that like so you go, oh, he says that in a confident voice, and, yeah. and then you move on to the next bit to the interesting thing. The one thing that's not mentioned in this is the Tower Seven. Yes, that was that the one across the way. Yeah, that's the one across the way that also imploded. But then when you see all that shit falling down, you can almost understand if it's landing on top of a building. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. And there's the BBC thing um, that a comedian won a court case about because they were talking about they did an interview before it happened or or had footage of the towers before it or something like that. But basically, a comedian took BBC to court and didn't have to pay his TV license anymore because the BBC lied to them. Because they implied they had the footage of the New York skyline behind them, but the towers had already came down at that point or hadn't at that point or something right, along those okay. lines. So then the conspiracy world then says that it's um, oh, okay. video it's all staged. made up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it isn't. I went to Grand Zero when I went to New York. Um, it wasn't oh. video staged. It was fucked up. Yeah, and my mate was there. He watched the dust come. It was not staged. Oh, the- I think what they're saying is they filmed the interview earlier and then played and it. And then they played right. When um, it happened. So I don't know. The way, When I went to Grand Zero, right... Um, there were some Americans that, there. That'll who be were a getting YouTube their... comment. <laughs> <laughs> there were some Americans there who were getting their photo taken. And they were like, can you take my photo, please? And I went, no, I can't. And they were like, oh. And they were, because Americans are so gorgeous and polite, right? And they're really friendly and lovely. And then a British person turns around and says, no, I think this is disgusting. 
and I gave him a sort of, I don't know if you've ever heard me rant, Rick, but I gave him a bit of a rant and uh, I expressed Why my opinion. Why are you yelling at people at Ground Zero? Because they wanted their picture taken and I just thought it was disrespectful and rude. Now, it's not my business to yuck on someone's yum. If that's what they want to do, I should have kept my gob shut. But I didn't, Rick. I uh, I expressed my opinion in a very, what I've since learned, is uh, a very ineffectual way of communicating. Oh, I imagine Matt Wills was halfway through eating a Tupperware box of healthy food he wasn't enjoying. <laughs> and then someone hoved into view. Someone's got to pay, Rick. Someone's got to pay. <laughs> yeah, and I was just shocked that people were going there as a, as a touristy thing. And then I started thinking, well, to be fair, I went there as a touristy thing. I just didn't take photos. So what's the fucking difference? I went there from a macabre sort of, I'd quite like to see that. I didn't get off the bus for it. No? We were on the, we, no, we were on the tour and we, I was already trying to debate paying $60 to go out to the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, we can kind of see it from here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You can see mini I, versions I, in the gift shop. I don't. <laughs> I, I never know how good it's going to be up there on a board. <laughs> I really want to go to Jack Dempsey's bar. That looks cool. It looks like a <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a terrible tourist. I'm. Uh, it's and, and we we had a good day in New York, but yeah, I was just like, nah. That's, I, I got on the Staten Island ferry because that's that's nothing, isn't it? So uh, yeah. I did that. So you meet the hotel guy. He saved three ladies. That's a, that, that was quite a heartwarming story. Fair play, man. Marriott, though. That's what you expect from Marriott employees. Above and beyond, Rick. That's what we're taught. Above and beyond. We also meet Greg Hansen, who's a firefighter in the Battalion 2s. Uh, he worked a 24-hour shift the day before, and then his boss said, help us out. Go on, Greg. Cover my shift for me. And he went, yeah, okay. So he was on shift that day after doing a 24-hour shift. Sliding doors, isn't it? If he didn't get cover for that shift, do you know what I mean? You must you yeah. must think of those little decisions your whole fucking life. God, yeah. Well, he walked into the tower and he saw dead bodies on the ground from the jet fuel. And he said it was just like, what the fuck? It's when they're talking about going down the stairs and there's so many people going down the stairs. And you see like little yeah. camera phone photo, uh, pictures of... Just how busy that is and what that must have been. It's a like two and a half stairs. hour. Yeah. Is that how With long it takes to get people, down? Yeah. That's why not everyone made it out. Yeah. And then when the fire brigade started to go up, then it became single file. So they crossed the yeah. fire brigade on the 20th. Yeah. And that, that's where it just becomes so fucking real then, as opposed to this like real world event. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, when you and, see like. And well, don't forget, no one's, no one from the 90th floor above is getting out. Yeah, because it's all on fire. Yeah, so they can't go down the stairwells. And that's why you, you saw that image of the guy jumping out, out of the oh, building. Fuck, yeah. Fucking hell. Jesus. that That's a documentary as well. I think they've made a documentary about just that one event. Well, they had struggles, people being around because of people falling on them to get into the building because there was like, there's like floors of people jumping out. Oh, Jesus. Fucking hell. Um, but basically, it's it's... After that bit, that's when we get the title sequence. Like, I thought that episode was done at that. Yeah, well, you watch the second... They then show the video footage of the second plane going in, and then it's 20 minutes in, right? And you've seen the build-up to it. You've seen two planes go into the towers. And then the credits start, and you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't even notice there weren't any credits. Yeah. Because it's so compelling to watch. It's so... It's all. It's car crash TV, isn't it? You're like, what the fuck? And you know what's going to happen, though. Yet you, it's it's expertly done. It's so emotional as well. It it's fucking sad. It really was sad. And then it kind of it's it's very similar to um, the Last Dance with Michael Jordan because then it does the timeline. You see Jordan modern day, and then it goes back to this is what it was like in 19, 1989 at the Bulls when they weren't very good. So then it goes from two thousand and one, and then it tracks yes. back along the timeline yeah, yeah. to. Basically, this all began with the Cold War, and then when the Soviets invaded yeah. Afghanistan, uh, seventy nine is is uh, when it's quoted as being the kind of off. And then you meet Milton Berkran, who's a great fucking talking head, the CIA guy. Yeah, fucking, he's awesome. He is awesome. Did you have any knowledge as a twelve year old kid of Russia invading Afghanistan? 
No, the Cold War and things are completely bypassed me. The closest right, okay. thing I had is I watched Rambo 3 and I was well, looking that, for political that, discourse. Yeah, that was my only introduction to Russia and Afghanistan. It was Sylvester Stallone, or rather Oscar winner Sylvester Stallone. And I think the timeline to this and when it came out is amazing because it shows the Af- the political climate in Afghanistan and we've just pulled out of Afghanistan yes. now. Again, so the timing again, to it. Again. Again, this is, yeah. Yeah, this is not our first time in Afghanistan. I, I got a funny feeling it won't be the last. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. The weird thing is, what the way it's talking about Afghanistan as well, back in the 80s, like before the Russians went in, it's quite a quite a liberal society, right? Yeah. Girls were going to college. Like women were in the workforce. They, no one was wearing a burqa. You know, it was very, it was the 60s. It was fucking, life was, it was, they, they were a country on the up. And it's good because it, it very much shows, I think, my own personal Western ignorance where I always thought it was kind of rigid within religion. And they said, no, it was around this time where there was a fusion between politics and religion. Yes. And they started to band together all these little militias to combat the Soviets. And I believe it was the Taliban was the the most brutal of the bunch. Yeah. Is that right? Basically, my understanding of it is, is Afghanistan is broken into sections um, and you have a warlord for each section, so not not that's not dissimilar to how England was, right? When we were broken into counties, and you had a you had a king for each county. It took us it took us hundreds of years to unite that and only have one king, and then get into a democratic rule, etc. That took us a long fucking time, but no one interfered with us, and we worked it out. Well, apart from the Vikings and, and the yeah. French, and the and everybody else, but apart from that. Um, so it was, yeah, it was the, and the Taliban were a group who were, that they, from my point of view, they just, from what I understood watching this, they just seemed better organized than the other warlords. That was my yeah. understanding. They were better at war. And, uh, so Reagan brings in, uh, Bill Casey and there's just the way he yeah. says this. Um, he says, <laughs> he says, I'll give you a billion a year to win. And I'm like... That's all I need from a Saudi prince. That is, that's all I want for Newcastle United. Give him a billion pounds a year. Just, and the weird thing is, the Americans weren't in the war. It was the Soviets went into Afghanistan, and the Americans were secretly funding the Afghani warlords, all of them, so that they could beat the Soviets. Because until the Americans came in, the Soviets were going to fucking win, because the Soviets are brutal, right? They do war better than anybody. Yeah, so in Afghanistan, due to the Soviet rule, you had 1.5 million Afghan deaths, which fucking hell, like 2 million fled. So that's a third of the country yeah. killed, wounded, or driven to exile. Yeah. So like, I don't even think we can comprehend that in this country, that kind of loss or displacement. No, I think you're right. Um, actually, sorry, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the Taliban who were fighting the Soviets. Just together, they were called the Mujahideen. They, they, were, they, they were basically, sorry, they were the Afghan resistance fighters, basically, who weirdly enough became the Taliban, who we're now calling terrorists. But at one point we did call them resistance fighters. So it, it, it's all about timing. It is. It's how it you is. get your labels done. So we had Gubadin Heckman Char, as what I'm going to call him. That's that's my poor handwriting. And have you got this guy's name? Um, you nailed it. Did I? Yeah, <laughs> does that yeah, just mean Gu- you don't want to take a? Pro- no, Gubadin Hekmatar. Yeah, yeah. He's Hekmatar. the former former. 30, he's a thirty three year old former Afghani student who built a following. And then the little note I've put on here is nasty cunt. Yeah, because it goes. Yeah, he built a following. Uh, he started the trend of throwing acid in people's faces. Yeah. And then the next scene is them talking to him like he's Phil Jackson yes. in the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. Going, oh, seventy nine. We had such a strong lineup. There was no chance of getting past. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I did start the trend of throwing acid in in uh, women's faces, but you know, it was all the rage. Are you, are you fucking insane? And then it's got footage of like soldiers like stabbing each other, like on the ground, yeah. rolling around. Fucking brutal footage within. It this. was, br- yeah, um, it was really shocking. And then it starts to talk about Osama bin Laden, who is just considered a, a wealthy 
who's uh, a wealthy financier with uh, business ties within Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, and they said that was the the path to nine eleven started in nineteen seventy nine when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. But I, I think you could trace it way back before then because the Soviets went in for a reason, didn't they? So, but they're going to start it here, and basically then they bring in Osama bin Laden. But it wasn't Osama bin Laden was a successful Saudi prince, right? Who owned a construction company and he went to Afghanistan to help the Mujahideen build tunnels. Yeah, so that they could hide and from banks the, and things, yeah. Yeah, so they could hide from the Soviets. And then he set up Al Qaeda. Yeah, Al Qaeda came in with the, the jihad. And then they say so it, it's it's interesting because they basically um they were kept asking for and then they eventually give them uh, the stinger missiles which can take down aircrafts. Yeah. And then they they basically went there was a twenty four hour turnaround within that war because it went from yeah defense to let's just go and blow them up and you just see these guys just coming out the mountains blowing shit up with the stinger missiles and then the russians left yes yeah well it took 10 years but and then it shows you uh i've just i now refer to him as the acid thrower after nine years of occupation nasty cunt yeah i I cried for two days i was so happy um went home with the trophy slept with it (laughs) they all got the winner's ring they won that. They will show their ring off very proudly. I was there. Then you've got CIA Milton, who says he, he went into his office and turned the light off because he knew the Soviets would be watching from like the faraway town and say, game over. Then he gans to see the acid thrower, and the acid thrower says, you've come to kill me, haven't you? He goes, I said, no, I've not come to kill you today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, we will be. What I didn't like about... Uh, nasty cunt was he was giving he was basically giving the reluctant warrior speech right I didn't want to be a warrior I I didn't want to start a trend of throwing acid in people's faces I didn't want to do I didn't want to kill Soviets but they made me do it they made me behave that way and it was yeah I just there was something I I think he would have been nasty no matter what Right, it's like Dennis Nilsson. Well, I didn't want to, but you know, because of the because of the rules on homosexuality. No, mm. you were a fucking psycho, mate. You were a fucking psycho. Just admit it. Own your shit, as Harley Quinn would say. It's weird when he talks, because then they all leave, and then it is the Taliban are now the political. So, because immediately after the war ends and America ends, civil war descends into Afghanistan. What? But, and there's a reason for that, right? And it's covered, it's covered so brilliantly. And I made this quote because I, I, yeah, okay. So it's expertly covered, right, in a film called Charlie Wilson's War about the about the power vacuum. So effectively, Charlie Wilson was a, a U.S. Senate senator, and he campaigned to get funds to the Mujahideen so that they could beat the Soviets. And it's the the character Charlie Wilson is played. Tom brilliantly Hanks. by tom hanks right he's fucking awesome at it and then i found out looking into it it was written by aaron sorkin the guy who wrote the west wing i'm like that's why i love that film so much um and then but the quote at the end is beautiful these things happened they were glorious and they changed the world and then we fucked up the end game because they only needed two billion dollars more to educate all the afghanis and they said they could have they could have americanized them right and they went, no, we're not giving you any more money. Ta-da! Power vacuum. Taliban becomes created. Um, Osama bin Laden creates Al-Qaeda. Wallop. Yeah, I, and then is a very harsh enforcement of their religious beliefs. Women's rights are, are, are fucking taken away in an instant. Yeah. Uh, is it this episode or the next when they see um, basically they take people to soccer stadiums to execute them? This one, yeah. Yeah, so like they're doing that kind of shit. And also Saddam Hussein invades Kuwait, which is when the Gulf War begins. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and if you want some context on all of this, there's a few great documentaries that are well worth watching. So it's by on BBC iPlayer, right, by a guy called Adam Curtis. So the, the best one is Bitter Lake, and it covers how all the superpowers lost in Afghanistan, as well as his other... His others, he's got a six-part documentary on there at the moment about how we created the people who believe that 
the wars that they start are acceptable and why and what changed in our culture that we've become so although it's still the safest time to be alive but we've become so warlike it's incredible there is so it then goes into further on Osama Osama bin Laden and then it starts to talk about the early attacks on the World Trade Center like the World Trade Center bombing yeah and they wanted to blow one up to knock it into the other like dominoes, yeah. Yeah. And they said that when they caught the guy who organized it, they flew past the towers and said, look, it's still standing. And he said, I, it wouldn't be if I had more money. Yeah. Yeah, Bin Laden called for a jihad, didn't he? And it, it was the holy war on the USA. And the USA are like, what? You were working for us? Hang on a second. That's like Ronaldo going to play for Man City. You're like, what? Fuck off. So Bin Laden, is, there's a, I think I got the timeline slightly mixed up. And this is a very good documentary to watch. Yeah, but they're saying good. It was in Jordan or somewhere like that. And the the government there went, he's here, do you want him? And we and no, then the America said, yes. where was he? He was in, uh, God, where was he? It begins with Somalia. So yeah, he was in Somalia. Yeah, so he's in Somalia, and um, they said, you want him in America? We don't have enough to pin on him. And they went, what if we just put him in Afghanistan? And they went, what a good idea. What damage could he do there? (laughs) It's just weird that they can treat him like a Catholic priest and just move him out of the area, which is a problem. Well said. And ironically, they had an attempt to assassinate the Pope. Fucking hell. It was Khalid Sheikh Mohammed who wanted to topple the towers. Um who was in that that uh, helicopter. In 1989 then, the Russians, when they lost, uh, they fucked off. And the Afghanistan falls into civil war. Taliban start winning. Yeah, public executions, amputations, beating. Women were allowed uh, zero freedom. And they basically hunted down anyone who ever said anything bad against them or anything they didn't like. Yeah. And when he said those seven years were great, weren't they? Just the way he's saying it with such zeal. And then Bin Laden didn't just attack the World Trade Center, or his connection didn't. Bin Laden started attacking world um, American embassies around the world. Yeah, on the anniversary of the Soviet leaving occupation, because he used the footage of America rolling in and just destroying Iraq. Yeah. To to get Sudan out of Kuwait or, or whatever, whatever happened. And see they invading holy lands to take the oil. And as a no, I don't know if it's a criticism, but the rest of the series that I've watched, because this is coming to the end of episode one now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the word oil is not used other than <laughs> within the context of what was burning in the World Trade Center, which if you've yes. seen like, yeah, like yeah. the Dick Cheney stories and like yeah, you know, Vice. occupied, yeah, yeah, the, which is the fucking, it has to have won a few Oscars within that one. Superb, superb film. And especially when you've seen that and you then you see Dick Cheney because the, the rest of the documentary is about what happens next within the fallout, how how they've used this to do that and how now this is in place for this and how everything grew from beyond that. So this documentary ends on a fucking cliffhanger and a half, which is it's the FAA controller stating, um, does anyone yeah. have where Flight 77 is, which I believe yeah. that's the one that went into the Pentagon. Pentagon. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the rest of the series is also really good. I actually watched rewatched episode one today, and then I just let it roll on. I saw episode two again as well. So I do recommend it to anyone that's into this kind of thing. And it's just, it's interesting because, like I say, I this came across. And this was the world in which I first discovered Alex Jones. And Alex Jones wow, is okay. the yeah, that's yeah. the conspiracy dude, yeah, who did the. You know, the Obama deception or zeitgeist and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. And what he did is for 20 years on his radio show, he predicted a terrorist attack. And then when 9-11 happened two years earlier, he had predicted... I told you. He had predicted something with planes. And then he became bang, and that's all he needed. And now it was literally the birth of the modern conspiracy theorist within it. So, yeah, wow. it, it's interesting to hear, I want to say, adults talk about this. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And does it, is it still a tough watch? Like, because this was one of the toughest. We've watched some shit lately that has really upset me. And this, this is not Man. far from any of that. Does does the other five episodes, does it, does it get, is it as miserable and as compelling to watch as this one? 
Yes, I think so. Okay, all right then. And it's it's an interesting flip, and what it, it's it, like there's like a whole episode is dedicated to like Guantanamo Bay, right? And what they were doing and why that exists. It's very interesting in terms of a legal loophole they have. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's now, fascinating. Like, like Guantanamo is another. It's part of another country, but America leases it. Yes. Only America yeah. can cancel a deal of leasing it. So from a legal standpoint, it technically counts as from out of space. Like it might as well be an out. So they it might that's as well why be the they, moon. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like as a nugget of info. It, it, it feels weird. If I was saying what happened in the end of the jinx, it would be a spoiler. This is kind of yeah, a okay. historical documentary. Yes, it is. I mean? Yeah, there's no spoilers here. So basically, when they wanted to go into Iraq, they just tortured people in Guantanamo until they said the word Iraq and then they said right they're linked to Osama bin Laden yeah and I went in there which so yeah it, it, like I say it is a very comprehensive and uh, very good documentary uh, but again when they when they don't mention oil fields or at least something about Tower the 7 going infrastructure down infrastructure costing yeah yeah uh, they, those are things I would have liked to hear the adult side of not like it was a controlled explosion so we can do a false flag to go over there and do all this shit like what about do they cover the um do they touch on the impeachment of Clinton and the blowjob and stuff and at, how distracting at that was? At this point towards nine eleven because Bush was in charge when nine eleven came, yes. so this was yeah, prior. Yeah. But agencies fell out and weren't cooperating and the end of it was that's that's where the phrase for episode one, the light was blinking red for, for terrorist yeah. attacks. But in, there was no interagency cooperation, I think due to a fallout around the time of because I the think Clinton job invaded Yugoslavia over getting that out of the paper, yeah. For the right reasons, there was genocide going on. Oh, there was a genocide going on, but it's like, all right, just pick pick someone doing genocide so I can look better now, please. Um, (laughs) Okay, so you reckon it's worth my time? To, to it's it's enjoyable and uh, again we don't we're, we're not historians on this kind of stuff so and the wealth that you have out there for it i think there is plenty plus just the documentary so if you've enjoyed listening to this literally reach out on the facebook page the instagram page and if enough people say some we'll drop it an episode every now and again and if not yeah I just, it's just one that i recommend to watch what score are you giving it there matt i'm gonna give this uh, a four and a half Four and a half, that's good, yeah. I was, I'm, I'm going four for it. I liked it. All right. Okay. Didn't have Jimmy uh, Glant in, though, but I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> that would have put a bit more humour in it. Matt liked 9-11 almost as much as the Barclay Marathons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Rick. That was a great... Uh, thank you to Ozzy Sarah for recommending that. That was, uh, yeah, that was a good idea on the anniversary, so thank you. And, Rick, what we got coming up next, mate? What we got uh, coming next up is next it Bob is Bob Ross. Is Bob Ross coming? I think Bob Ross is yeah, coming. Yeah, we're going to do, do Bob Ross. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> doing Bob Ross, and then because <laughs> neither of us know fuck all about Bob Ross, so uh, yeah, yeah. If he wasn't in the Peep Show episode, I wouldn't know it existed. But my dad's watched it and started painting, so at least I'll have something to talk to him about. Okay, um, right, but he has also go. said, "Didn't say out about them because they'll sue." And you're like, "Oh, cheers, Dad." Okay, it's good to know that. Our legal counsel has still got our backs. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a sign of me dad saying don't. Right, so. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Rick, I'll speak to you tomorrow. All right, catch you soon. Uh, episode seven of Making a Murderer coming out Friday. Six or seven? Six. Six? All right, cool. Yeah. That'll be dropping Thursday. Take it easy, guys. Ta-da. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.